Hi, this is Tommy Zagorski, the head football coach at Otterbein University. You're listening to the Coach and Coordinator Podcast. Sometimes you get yourself caught into, you know, how much are we going to prepare for Mickey Mouse Tech or East Popcorn State or whoever you're opening up with. And, and you really look at that and you think to yourself, like, how do we make sure we put our best foot forward? And I, I think, unfortunately, as coaches, sometimes we're too smart. And we get stuck in a situation where we look at, oh, this team does this and this, and we want to attack this and this and theirs. And it gets away from what our identity is. And I, I think you've got to establish an identity early in the season. Tommy Zagorski was named the head coach at Otterbein University in 2023. He holds a wealth of experience at multiple levels of football, most recently spending the 2022 season at Gilmore Academy in Ohio, following a notable career in the college ranks. Coach Zagorski began his career at John Carroll University, spending eight seasons beginning as a graduate assistant and finishing as the offensive coordinator. In their last two seasons at JCU, they won a combined 20-4, and he teamed with head coach Tom Arth, now with the Los Angeles Chargers, and defensive coordinator Brandon Staley, now the head coach of the Los Angeles Chargers, and together they reached the Division II playoffs both times. Coach Zagorski made a jump to the Division I ranks in 2015, joining Butch Jones' staff at the University of Tennessee as offensive quality control coach. He then transitioned to Eastern Kentucky University, and served in roles as assistant head coach, offensive coordinator, and tight ends coach. Coach Zagorski ultimately moved back to reunite with Tom Arth at the University of Akron, coaching the offensive line before assuming OC responsibilities once again. On today's episode, he talks about the importance of establishing an identity early in the season, playing complementary football in all phases, and simulating situations in practice. What you see on tape is a direct reflection of what you teach and how you teach. Video is important, but if you don't teach well, you're not going to like what you see on your video. First Down Playbook has been helping coaches teach better for 13 years. It allows you to present installs, playbooks, and practice cards in half the time with NFL quality. Coaching tools like video pairing, a player app, practice schedules, and wristband sheets have made First Down Playbook a program management system with everything in one place. If you're in a position of leadership with your football program, receive a free one-week look at First Down Playbook. Call them at 512-814-6158 or visit them on their website or social media. Mention Coach and Coordinator Podcast or use the coupon code COACH24 to receive a $100 discount off the normal $700 First Down Playbook team membership price. Links and the phone number are in the show notes. In this first segment, Coach talks about the importance of being who you are when the season starts and not getting caught up in your opponent and what you can do to exploit them. It's about establishing an identity. You know, I think the biggest thing is, you know, we're, we have the luxury now of having spring football. And having spring football at the Division three level has given us a lot of advantage that, you know, I'm old enough in this profession that I remember when I first started Division three, we didn't have spring football. And then when we got spring football, it gave you the ability that you look through analytically, what did we do well during the season? And coming into a new program like we have there at Otterbein, it's imperative that we have the ability to look at what was done before, what matches up with what we're trying to do. 
What does it look like in spring? What were things that were positive? What were things that are negative? And then build that into our format as we're preparing for the season. And as we go ready to attack camp, it's really imperative that we give our guys the ability to celebrate what they did really, really well in the spring, but also look at the things that were shortcomings of ours and whether or not that's going to be part of our identity going forward. So we analyze it as a coaching staff. We've evaluated it film-wise. We've looked at it statistically. Um, during the spring, you know, during those seven-on-seven periods you have and different things like that, you really try to analyze what were the things that were good for us. Um, you know, defensively, what were the things good for us in the throw game? What were the things that we think we could do really, really well? Um, and what's it going to look like for us as we go forward? So I think that was really important for us to evaluate that. Uh, we've done a nice job of looking at it and then putting together an attack plan that's going to help us uh, this fall and allow us to maximize who our, maximize who our guys are going to be. Coach, for a long time, you were the offensive coordinator, offensive line coach. You are now the head coach, so you're relinquishing some of those duties. But thinking back to that time for you, what was the filter on going through, okay, we have this complete install of our offense in camp, and we need to get to the week one opponent. We know some of the things we want. We also are able to, as you said, take a look at what's working well, what didn't, what might need some polish that's not going to be ready till longer down the line. But for you, how did you filter through to say, okay, of all these things, this is the direction we're going to go with our week one attack? It's what's your identity. And I think that's the beauty of a week one game is that sometimes you get yourself caught into, you know, how much are we going to prepare for Mickey Mouse Tech or East Popcorn State or whoever you're opening up with. And, and you really look at that and you think to yourself, like, how do we make sure we put our best foot forward? And I, I think, unfortunately, as coaches, sometimes we're too smart. And we get stuck in a situation where we look at, oh, this team does this and this, and we want to attack this, this, and this, theirs, and it gets away from what our identity is. And I think you've got to establish an identity early in the season because if you go through these first early couple weeks and you don't have, you know, your base, what are your base runs? What are your base throws? What are your base coverages? What are your base blitz looks? What are your base special teams aspects of your game? What kind of team are you? Are you an aggressive team on third down? Is it going for it on fourth down? Are you a more conservative team? Are you going to kick it forward and put it on your defense? Like what? Who are you going to be your style of play as well that matches up with that? And it's really important to be able to do that. Now, granted, as we get into the finer tuning of it and you look at who your opponent is, you do look for things that you think you can exploit. But also you have to appreciate the fact that that team has been working really hard this offseason to make sure teams can exploit that. That's what they do as well. I mean, they have the opportunity to prepare and, and do that. So it's really important that we, you know, kind of find that right, you know, me- medium, if you will, to make sure that you're being who you are and you're germane to who your program's going to be, but also giving yourself the ability to compete in those early games. And I think that's really important. It's something that we've worked on here where we don't want to over plan for games. I, I know I've been there with, you know, and I know you've been there, Coach, is that when you're sitting there and you think about it is that, oh, we open with so-and-so. You get every film of them for the last three, four years. You start watching it. And the next thing you know, you make a game plan in, in April. Then you make a game plan in May. Then you make one in June. And then you, you finish it up at the end of June, and you, you hit July, and you, you take a little bit of time with the family. You come back at the end of July, you look at it again. Then you go into August, and you hit training camp, and you have these little periods that you build in that work on those aspects of your game that you think you're going to have. Then you game plan again. Now you think about this. You're game plan five, maybe six times on this opening opponent. Sometimes you just put yourself where you look back at this game plan and you go, are we playing for six games in this? Because you've got too many plays and too many looks and too many coverages and too many different things that you're trying to do. So make sure the simplicity for your players so they can execute it, but also, like I said, make it rooted in your identity. 
As coaches, we know that some of the biggest hurdles to our team's success can come from off the field. Your team needs support to tackle the endless list of expenses, uniforms, training equipment, travel, and more. But raising that money can feel like a full-time job. Thankfully, there's Vertical Raise. Vertical Raise is the premier online fundraising platform using innovative technology to create the easiest and most efficient system available. Raise more money in less time with a local fundraising coach who works with your team every step of the way to customize the ideal fundraiser. With options for online donations, digital discount cards, premium product sales, and even spirit shops, Vertical Raise has top-of-the-line solutions for every fundraising style. To find out more, visit verticalraise.com and we'll get you connected with an exclusive offer on your first fundraiser. I've always been interested in the use of technology to make our jobs more effective, so I'm excited to continue sharing modern football technology with you here on the podcast. This innovative system leverages tendencies to improve self-scouting, game planning, and in-game decision-making at the speed of the game. Modern football stands out because it's a battle-tested platform used by teams at all levels, like four-time national champion Bishop Gorman, the five-time California state champion Folsom Bulldogs, six-time Texas state champion Lake Travis, Cal football, and the CFL's Grey Cup champions, the Montreal Alouettes. So book a demo today to see why these teams trust modern football technology. Visit www dot team m-o-f-o dot com slash demo and mention coach and coordinator podcast or use the coupon code cc10 to receive 10 percent off your first year in this next section he talks about complimentary football and what he does as a head coach to make sure that all three phases of the game are coming together to complement the way that they play now you sit in the head coach seat, so one of your jobs as the head coach really is to orchestrate this complementary football, right? And the challenge of camp is there's not a whole lot of big context. You're not necessarily playing, you know, you might get one inner squad, which usually is going to be somewhat limited in how you approach it. At the Division three level, you get a scrimmage, uh, but nothing really that complete game feel. So orchestrating here's how we need to work together between all three phases of the game how do you approach that especially going into week one when you haven't done that yet yeah I think the biggest thing is is trying to simulate it as much as you can in different situational football we're really really locked in on making sure we have different periods throughout our practices that simulate certain situations in football and this is something I've done in a lot of different places we were at I got this you know, Tom Arth brought this to us back in, you know, when I was at John Carroll eons ago. And, you know, with, you know, we had these periods that we would set up that were, all right, put the ball down. Here's the, here's the situation. Here's what we're doing. Here's why we're doing it. And here's how we're going to do it. And I think the biggest thing is, is you see different situational things that happen throughout the sport. And now you start making a catalog of it. You start creating in your, in your database, in your library, okay, here's a situation where there's, we have one timeout, and it's not always a it's not always a two minute situation. It also could be something where guys understand, hey, at the end of a half, the end of a quarter, maybe there's a win because we know now with the way that the the game's set up is that the penalty in Division Three football, if you have a penalty at the end of the first quarter, that they're just going to carry it over to the second quarter now, which flips the field and doing stuff like that and, and trying to simulate those things. And I know it sounds kind of crazy, but if you got if you've never visualized it, you've never done it kinetically. How do you expect your players to be able to do the same thing? It's having the ability to do a kickoff drill 
or maybe we kick off and right as soon as you kick off, the we, we get the ball back immediately and they muff it or whatever you want to look at it. And now you put the offense on the field, they got to go score quickly or they, they have the ability to be a sudden change type situation where you're throwing them in and out of stuff. So that's something we've done. It's kind of a, it's a, it's a big master plan that I have set up. You get to all of it. You hope to get to all of it. If you don't get to it in that first, you know, during training camp, you have time during the season to try to replicate that. And I think that's where when you look at how your Thursdays and Fridays are set up, it's really important to be able to have situational football because you have to educate your guys. Don't be mad at them on a Saturday because we didn't execute. And I say we, not they. We didn't execute because you never gave them the opportunity to do it. It was the same thing I thought as an offensive line coach. If you're killing us with a certain stunt or a certain blitz and we just – shame on us. And somebody did it the week before and you keep doing it and we don't correct it, guess what? Like that's on us as coaches. Like we didn't set our guys up for success. And when we do that, it gives us that ability. So I think that's really important to be able to do that and understanding what that complimentary football looks like, keeping each other up. What's a great teammate look like? You know, I, I had a great coach named Mick Iliano, who was my own line coach when I was at Case Western Reserve. And Mick always used to say, if you're a pro, you, you can go live in a jock strap. And I always try to talk to guys about that nowadays. I don't know how many guys wear jock straps anymore, but they don't even know what that is. But you try to give them the ability to understand that, hey, it's not always about getting guys to the ground. It's about keeping each other up, being a great teammate. And what's the end goal? The end goal is that we celebrate a victory at the end of the week all together. It's not about beating somebody on a Tuesday or doing something different in that capacity. We want that competitive edge, but you got to find the balance between it. I think it's really important that we do that. One of the things I'm trying to do as our head coach here is try not to be, and especially at smaller college, you don't have the affordability of this because you're size of your staff, but making sure I'm on both sides of the football. I think that's really important. I think you think about a head coach if he's only on the offensive side of the ball or he's only on the defensive side of the ball. It just feels like the team feels like he's one way or the other way. So to make sure that we're all pulling in the same direction, I've really dug deep into our special teams and making sure that I'm a big part of that and and giving ourselves the ability to let our offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator coordinate accordingly and do that. So that's kind of one of the ways we've done it. And I think our guys, what I love about it is we start off our team meetings with great clips. We call it great clips. And I put up like the little logo for like the, the haircut place and, I say, here, great clips, and these are great teammate moments where guys are celebrated, and we, we, get the guy, we have the guy stand up in the meeting, and everyone goes, yeah, he's a cardinal. So it's like a great way of getting these guys to understand, like, you want to be on that. You want to be a great teammate where it may be, hey, I was driving a guy at the end of a play, and I, I don't want to bury him in the, you know, into the, you know, the ground. I've got him you know, set up, whatever it may be. I remember seven-on-seven seven stuff for the spring. What we did was the guy had a no look, and instead of trying to blow him up or trying to do something, the defensive player was smart in keeping the guy up or the offensive player didn't throw his shoulder into a guy in a non-contact period, whatever it may be. So um, I think those are really good, uh, you know, examples of that and a good way to kind of cultivate a, a positive culture where we're lifting each other up, that ultimate goal in mind. Thank you for tuning in to our in-season episodes, which are shorter to fit your busy schedule, but still packed with ideas that you can use right now and throughout the season. Follow all we're doing at coachingcoordinator.com, where you can see our catalog of in-season episodes and sign up for our weekly newsletter, which also gives you a rundown of what is happening. Follow me on Twitter, at Coach K Kropowski.